Welcome to Hope in the Heartland, a podcast from Zeal Coaching, where we talk to you, our neighbors, about ways to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. We'll also take some time along the way to celebrate people who are living those dream lives right here in the Midwest. So join us as we help you ignite your life with passion, purpose, love, and success to ignite your life with Zeal. Hey, it's Christy Shell with Hope in the Heartland, and we want to welcome you back to our podcast today. Today, we are talking about career fit, and we took a little break, and we're yes. back in the studio. We, we are new and improved. We're here with Victor Castaldo in his new studio in Troy, and we're super excited. He's going to shape us up, or he's going to throw us out, one or right. the other. If he can put up with us for that long see I couldn't fire myself so yeah we're well we're glad you're back and we're here we're glad you're back Katie um we took a little break over the summer how was your summer it was crazy busy actually I was teaching online which I don't like to do um but career fit it was career fit yeah but I spent (laughs) a lot of time with my family yeah um so that was it was it was a good summer but we did a lot I can't believe it's already gone, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're rolling into Thanksgiving here in yeah. a couple of weeks. And so we're, we're, it's fall here. It's beautiful trees. And it's our first super chilly morning. So yes. here in Ohio, it's beautiful, though. It's amazing. Beautiful sunshine. So this morning, we are going to um, explain a little bit about how we approach career coaching and what we're really thinking about when you think, what the heck is career coaching and <laughs> how does that help anyone? Isn't it just frustrating because do you love your job, Katie? Like, do people love a job? Do they really consider that? I love my job, and I think people are surprised by how much I love it. Yeah, and, and I think that's what makes me good at my job. Right. Well, you have two jobs. I, or I have three. many. <laughs> you have many actually, jobs. Yeah. And I love them all. Yeah. What, tell, tell us what you do this so we can use that as an example. So I am an adjunct professor. I teach English at a local community college. Woo-woo. I also um, do uh, like education, career coaching for students. Yay. So other students I work with. She's super great at sales. I do. <laughs> Even and, though I don't like them. And she sings and she dances and um, now she's a yeah. podcaster. Yeah. And I help my husband with his podcasting for board games and I do like board game review videos. Yeah. Um, and I'm a mom. So here's what's interesting about Katie's example. Like some people really need variety. I think there was this implication that we would have, you know, 34 years or Mm -hmm. 35 years or 40 years in the same career. And that has really changed in our time and space and generationally, you know, um, the statistics are if you are under 30, you will have seven to 11 careers in your lifetime. And that's not just jobs because that's a different thing. But it's really like shifting gears and trying something new or allowing yourself to try something new. So some people will, they'll stay committed and get better and better in their expertise, or they will actually like variety. And it's kind of two different ways people think. And this is part of kind of where we start with career fit. One of the things I want to back up on, though, is that some people don't even realize they need or can love their job. Right. Do we know any of those people? Oh, my goodness. 
Like, I think, and I think I was raised really to think that way. Maybe not explicitly, but work is a four-letter word. And no matter what it is, it's still not going to be enjoyable. Right. And so you just better get used to doing things that you don't like and dreading to go to work every day and suck it up because you only got 40 years of it. Right, right. Like, and live for your retirement, maybe. Right, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, or the weekends or the vacation days that you get. Right. And so what's interesting about that is that we really want to bust up that idea. Yeah. And even in like the trades or in some of the factory work, like you can really love those jobs, but sometimes people don't allow themselves or they get a very negative, you know, mindset about it. Mm -hmm. So they actually bring other people down if they're, you know, and that may be enjoying it. And so there's just kind of a lot of drudgery to get there and kind of living like we have to suffer or slave or be in servitude to the community or the world or whatever. And I really want to change that idea that you can intentionally find something that really fits you and that you really love. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, you don't have to be a a pediatric cardiologist or something in order to like follow your passion and be the most intelligent or the most successful or whatever person. It can be in any small way. And it's, it's really interesting. I think I thought if I really pursued what I really enjoyed, that I would be, you know, homeless and living under a bridge because you can't possibly make money at something that's fun or something you love. Right. And to realize that there is a way to have that and that I should expect that from a job. Why would I want to do something that I hate? Um, I would never bring life to it. I would never want to improve as much as I could if I loved my job. Like when I teach my students, one of the things they always say, besides that, I, you know, I'm a little crazy, is <laughs> Entertaining, that, we call that. Oh, entertaining, right. That's the nice <laughs> word. They don't, yeah. They usually don't mince words at 18 or 19. But they will tell me, I can tell that you're passionate about your job and that you really care about us. And that's true. And that changes for me how I teach because I love it and I really care about my students. And I feel like that's what makes me a good teacher. I really enjoy my job. Yeah. I feel I feel like um, in coaching and my previous career and being an outdoor, like I kind of adopted that idea. I think it was something that my parents had instilled in me. Like if you love your job, you won't work a day in your life kind of idea. But I really feel like so many kids don't get that message. I think part of when you teach is that they can feel that you care about them. And so it completely engages them. I think that you use that in coaching. It's it's a really great way of saying, here's a talent and here's a skill. So one of the things we just really want to challenge you to think about is what is the thing that you would love to do? What would light you up? We just closed up a coaching session and I'm just leaving this young guy with this idea of like, if you could do anything and I was going to pay you like today. And he was like, I just want to get paid to watch movies. And he was a film student. And so like this is something he's followed his passion, but he can't really quite figure out how to do it in the world in the way he wants, you know, kind of brainstorming what that could look like and how that how that could come together. So can you raise your possibility or your intention or your self-expectation to find the thing that truly fits you and give yourself permission to kind of relentlessly look for that? And it could be a being of service. It could be helping people. It could be thematic. But just the idea of like, what is that for you? And you have to have a real like level of reflective thinking. I think that's one of the things that we teach in coaching so much is 
what have you been doing? What part of that did you enjoy? What part didn't you enjoy? And to keep following kind of that hot track, what is, what is interesting to you? When we move forward, one of our models that we're thinking about is um, how do we find a fit? What do you think, Katie? Right. And I think that's also where that reflective thinking comes in. When I was meeting with a client and I said, well, what are you good at? And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm just okay. And I'm like, I'm not talking school or anything. What are you good at? What kinds of things do people come to you and ask you for advice or help with? And I don't think we think about that, like ourselves and our talents and our natural gifts and inclinations in that way. Once you start thinking about them, how can I make that my life as a career? We've connected school and grades so much with like what we're going to do in the future. And so one of the things we talk a lot about is how you're smart. And so are you interpersonally smart? Are you spatially smart? Do you love analytical ideas? But we're all smart in our own and unique way. And so what are those strengths, natural skills, natural talents? And um, how do we bring those and be really clear about that, whether we got A's in school or not? Um, Maybe we're super good at working on cars. Like maybe we want to build things or, you know, and we haven't really explored or considered that that was a real possibility that you could actually make money. I always say if I started all over again, I would have either been interior designer or I would have gone into marriage and family therapy. So it's interesting to think about. I up until the age I was sixteen of sixteen, I was building houses with Legos, like the layouts of houses. Then I'd move the bathroom and the great room on my little layout. So, but I was way before HGTV. I'm a little old, right? So a little bit before HGTV, and finding out that oh, I could have been an interior design. I didn't know that that was a real thing or that you could have made money at it. And I probably would have done that. I probably would have like, that would have been my hottest spot at the time of like being 17. So I think the world and God played out well. I think I like what I do and I'm, we're pretty damn good at it. And so, um, so really to think about um, how that played out in the right way, but it kind of all came back full circle. I love to decorate my house and my office and, you know, that becomes my fun stuff. So it's interesting. Right. Well, and to even allow yourself to be like, oh, I, I enjoy this and I'm good at this, but I can't, I can't like quantitate it. Yeah. And so if we can't put it on a standardized test or we can't put it on a grade card or whatever, then it's hard to, to think about that as, um, a natural skill, an employable skill, right? Um, a way to make and earn money. I I loved creating new things for people and talking and like I would record myself do, doing like shows and stuff. And I think I would have loved to go into like even sports broadcasting or something like that because yeah. that's two of the passions I really have. And I never saw that as an option, right, for me because I'm like, well, where, how am I really going to do that and and some of that is because I was a female, and so. But there's a lot of female broadcast journalists now, right. so right. So they're coming out of the woodwork. They're on every sports, right. you know, sports show now. So, so you would have been ahead of your time. Yeah, we got to get you back in there. Right. But I was good at school. <laughs> I was good at school, and so I thought, okay, how do I keep doing school the rest of my life? Yeah. And so now that is what I do. Yeah. I am in school all the time. 
Well, it works out, but you can also be super intentional. And I think in coaching, right. we introduce some ideas for clients. And um, I think it's interesting, even for my son, we had talked about game design prior, and he went into writing and creative writing. And now after graduation, he's come back to game design and um, web design. So it's interesting how even that theme of what he wanted to do kind of stuck with him. And then it naturally comes back to what he uh, what he wants to do now. So so. So that natural interest or whatever, but also we're talking a little bit about the passion piece, like the interest or things you want to change or, you know, do you love music or do you love chess? Like it's, you know, like what is your thing? Do you play Sudoku all night or do you – that's a shout out to my husband, Steve. So (laughs) Steve loves the engineer, right? Or do you, you you know, love to work with horses, right? So really thinking about what that passion is. And then also how do we get paid for that? So – the key piece is like, what does the world need that you can offer them? This is where I think a lot of people get stuck. They start with this, like, what can I get paid to do? And, right. or I need to make some money and, you know, uh, being a computer science, you know, major, they make money because there's always going to be jobs and then they hate programming, right? So <laughs> right. like, they didn't even think that, you know, oh, programming, what's that? So it's interesting to think about how our how like I look at it like we we think about it in a Venn diagram, right? So with the idea of like what are your strengths and skills, what are your passions and interests and the things you want to change or impact in the world, and how does that serve or can the world pay you for that service? Because we don't think about is like what can I offer the world that people want to pay me for, and right. so and sometimes we don't think what we know how to do naturally is something you can't get paid for, just in your example, you know, Katie. So it's interesting. Yeah, we undervalue kind of what we are actually good at. And there are other people that do not have those skills and abilities. And we take them for granted because it's what it's comes easy to us. And that is not the same for everyone. And it took me a long time to realize that about a lot. And I still think I am realizing that about myself. But to have that introspection again and say, okay, this is what people come to me for. Um, people come to me for advice about their jobs. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Would someone pay me to do that all the time? Well, actually, there are people that are doing that all the time. And could that be something I could do? And even we talked about earlier how I have a lot of side hustles. Like <laughs> yes. I am always having a side the hustle. variety girl. Yeah. Right. It's because my natural personality I need variety. I need something new. I can't have every day be the same. I like when my schedule changes. Yeah. When one day I'm, you know, two hours in the recording studio and then the next day I'm, you know, teaching three or four classes at a time. I love that. And so for me, this career fit is not only about here's what I'm good at, here's how I can make money at it, but also like this fits me as a person. We'll talk about this kind of person later. I had a job where <laughs> I sat in a cubicle. The walls were really high. Um, And I worked with a bunch of computer engineers. They did, like, data analytics. And, uh, um, like, some... Perfect husband material, right? Right. (laughs) Some AI stuff. It was always silent all day, every day. Everyone stayed in their cubicle. Nobody talked. Um, 
I brought in like goodie bags for like holidays and I didn't put my name on them, but somehow everyone knew they came from me um, <laughs> because I was the only person that cared about that. It was soul sucking. The people were great. They were sweet. And I didn't even know if they liked me or not until I left. And one guy actually teared up when he hugged me goodbye. Um, which was surprising. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm laughing because if you know Katie, she's like, doesn't know a stranger. She brings That's like right. everybody. And so she, and she wants you to feel welcome and like you're of at course. home. And so it's, it's amazing. And she couldn't help but be who she is even there, right? right. In a setting that seemed to didn't, didn't match you. Right. And um, I think we we get pulled off in that way often, like where you think, oh, I should be work right. this in this kind of way. I should be able to sit in a cubicle. I should be able to show up every day and stand on my feet or talk to people all day. Maybe right. that's not your thing. But for Katie, being silent is not even optional, no. right? Or myself. So we so we have this situation where you're like. I really can't be quiet. Yeah, and I ended up changing careers. I even tried to fit in. Like, I put would put my earphones in and, like, listen to music. And then I got told that I was actually singing out loud <laughs> too loudly, and I needed to tone it down. Um, so that job didn't last very long because I just it, – it wasn't me. Like, I could do the work, and the people were nice and all, but it didn't suit my natural – temperament like it didn't it didn't work and to acknowledge that that's okay and that there are jobs that could fit that and would make me happier and would be a joy for me to do and to get to and to know that that is an option um to coach katie for a second so i just don't think she's letting herself be big enough like we know we're trying even in this podcast she's so good at it and so i keep i'm kind of pushing her at victor the the recording engineer right like yes she needs to do more and he's like her voice is so good so there's all these things about ourselves that we don't always know are things and that they're really applicable and could be sellable so so <laughs> katie may not be working here because she might be like on television soon. So <laughs> just so. that idea. So um, <laughs> the the last thing is, I guess I want to say is like kind of this advice to Katie is like, is can you continue to find the jobs or the kind of career that fits you as you know more and more about yourself and you start to reflect, do you kind of just kind of live in that mediocre and kind of be in that kind of content because sometimes we need to do that with family like if we have families or you know we're we need to pay the bills there's no question like we need to put yeah. food on the table and live somewhere warm and safe and has running warm water or right. something yes. right but we don't always think about can we get closer and closer and closer and this doesn't always mean that you have to quit your job and find a new job but it could be it. something you're doing on the side until you get good at that or it could be something you offer your boss that he didn't know you were even interested in and so he starts to develop that or maybe you shift inside of your company to another role or different different um, position or department inside your company. So those are just some just suggestions about how to get closer and closer and closer. And if you're a leader or a boss inside your company, are you open to those opportunities for your people? Because that will keep them really engaged. And you may have a a little diamond in the rough that you didn't know, like Katie, um, in in your business, and you want to help promote that and make that great. So it's it's interesting to think about how do you find that job? Some people are very linear, right, Katie? Mm -hmm. They're like, I want to be a neuroscientist, and I'm going to get there, and that is the direction I'm going to take. And more power to them if they have that clarity and they have that persistence and want to go after it. 
But most people are very kind of pinball-y, right? Yes. They want to pinball over here and have some experience, Katie, and they want to pinball over here and have some experience. And as they collect that experience, they know more and more about what they enjoy. And then hopefully they kind of solidify it all together and make something amazing and great. So that's really an interesting thing. So. Yeah, and I wish I could be linear. Um, <laughs> but it makes sense to go to school for something that you're already passionate about and then be like, okay, I'm going to start at an internship here. And then I'm going to start and go to like an entry-level job to gain experience. And then I'm going to learn all these other things that I can leverage to have this job I ultimately want. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that works out. But then if you're a linear person and something happens and that kind of direct path is frustrated, to be able to know that, okay, I'm going to do this right now. What I really want is not available. So let me just broaden experience horizons. Let me get more experience because ultimately that's going to help me get to my goal. Right. Um, and then for those that are less self-aware, like myself, you just try every job around. Like, oh, let's do this. I worked at a Victoria's Secret for several months. We don't need to details about that. So. Oh, man, the stories I could tell. And I also worked at a video store. And I tried, I mean, I've tried all sorts of strange things that didn't make sense because I just didn't know. Because yeah. I thought, well, I can do it, so why not? Or I need the money. This job's open. Let's just do it. And then I learned about myself, oh, I dread this or Oh, this part just really kills me. And to say, okay, I learned my experience. I got some new things. And now I'm going to try something else right. to get to get to that, to be open to the journey. Because yes. I think we pressure, especially we pressure kids into that. We try not to pressure kids right. into that. but Society. Yes, yes, yes. Well, but, but, and we are trying to help them. Even in coaching, we're thinking about where do you want to start? Like maybe it's a big picture kind of thing. Like yeah. I think I'm going to go into business because that's going to afford me the most opportunities or I'm going to go into language, you know, like liberal arts and that's going to afford me some time to learn and think and find out what it's really important to me to continue kind of that search and not to think at 17, 18 years old, we have to know right out of the gate. Because we also work with a lot of adults who are refiguring it out or um, they didn't figure it out from the beginning. And they actually spent a lot of years being really miserable. And now they're like at their breaking point and they need to change and figure out from now. And they have a lot more murky things to work through <laughs> yes. in order to get to their answer. So it is really, really interesting. Um, I wanted to share a really quick story. I have a client that um, is really shows horses and she's been super um, interested in trying to figure out like something she can do with animals. Well, when she started going, she wanted to go into pre-vet, she wanted to be a vet. And when she goes to the programs and she starts looking at the curriculum, she's like, I really don't think I can do this chemistry. Right. She's like, I just don't think I can make it through this chemistry. So in coaching, we've gone all the way around the horn. We're trying to figure this out and we keep coming back to animals, but we can't figure it out. So um, I looked at this program that I had, um, had researched called Midway College. It's just north of Lexington. And they do – they're really strong in the equus and the horse because if you don't know, Lexington is a huge racing area, like lots of racehorses and different things there. And um, she – we looked at this program, and it's basically a physical therapist for horses – and who knew that that was did, a thing? Yeah. It's a new career. It's really emerging actually on the West Coast and in the horse community. 
But when we start to look at the curriculum, it doesn't have the chemistry. And so she was, wow, this is exciting. And then the best part, and this is outside of this conversation, but her, we looked up at the tuition. It was going to be very expensive. And when we, I said, like, let's call. And we call and we find out that this program specifically is about half price based on some grants or some funding that they have for that program. And so she was over the moon. So that was last week. She's sick this week. And I'm like biting my nails to find <laughs> out if her parents will go for that uh-huh. idea or not. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping. But, it, but it's really interesting how if you keep working, you can find the fit. And if you can't find the fit, can you create it? Right. Because I we coach like no one else coaches. Right. There's some super professional coaching like in like more corporate and there's coaching that looks more maybe woo woo or like, you know, kind of a mix a of witch in yellow springs <laughs> that wants to talk to you about pursuing whatever you want. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, or people who are a little bit more like us with heart and skills and things like that. We like to think we have heart. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, but to it. kind of focus on um, kind of finding that blend and that mix together. So. So um, the last thing we really want to talk about is the idea of, like, what are the steps to get closer to there? You know, to really think about, even if you don't know what it is, like, how do you kind of pinball that experience and, and kind of bring it or solidify it into something real? Now, there's one thing to, way to look at this. And, like, Katie is such a great example of this is because she has chosen, this is her life, and she's doing variety on purpose, right? And so, and to be happy with however you want to live and what really fits you, not what society thinks, right? We're sitting in Victor's studio right now, young guy, right? And he's created this incredible studio that is like right in our little town. And, but, you know, he studied in Nashville and did some internships and Cincinnati, and now he's come to bring it to like rural Ohio. So it goes so much with our hope in the heartland kind of concept that you can do it right here in your own backyard. So we'll be interviewing him sometime soon. We're oh yeah, that would be we're so putting awesome. pressure on him right now. Oh, he's nodding. That's good. <laughs> good. He's gonna do it. <laughs> good. Oh, good. Please let me interview him. I've got all kinds of really crazy questions I'm just throw out there. <laughs> all right, good. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. That will be another podcast. So, um, but the idea is that you can again kind of be very linear and kind of take all the right steps, find the right education get the right internships and kind of do it very linearly or to kind of collect those experiences and kind of help it solidify or decide how you want to live and kind of defining it out. I think it's such a good option to for like moms who like want to stay home but also need to work or kind of vice versa. They they get to they want to stay home and they think they should have a little side job just to keep sane or whatever. And also for, you know, I got into career coaching because I was so tired of talking to 45-year-old engineers who were like, I hate my job. <laughs> and right. and it wasn't always about the job, but sometimes it was about the company, another different conversation. Mm-hmm. But that idea of, I just did this because I knew it would make money and I could find a job. And wanting to grab their hands and go, let's run, let's go find you something awesome. And um, and helping, you know, students think about that from the beginning is really what kind of started that work with students. And it's really become an amazing thing to be a part of that process for them. 
and we were, again, doing it for adults, too. Some of those engineers became clients, but I, that didn't work so well when I was working for the company. Right. <laughs> so and we have to be independent. So <laughs> we became independent. So what do you think are good steps as far as how to get to a job, Katie? Well, and I think even being open to saying maybe what I chose is not right and that there's still time to pick something else. Yeah, so possible. And even for, for students, for me, I see I have some high school students even that take my classes and they'll tell me, okay, well, I'm being pressured at school. Like I took the ACT and it gave me these possible jobs and, you know, I have to pick a major and my parents want me to do this because it's going to make me money. And I'm thinking you have time to figure it out. Lots of time. Lots of time. <laughs> Lots of time. I always tell them, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, I'm still working on it. And so, sure, pick a major now. Go for it. Try it. couple classes in, you don't like it? Okay. Try it again. I'm not saying, like, start throwing money away and become a career student, but to know, you know what? I don't have to pick this and set it in stone and follow it for the rest of my life for better or worse. Right. It right. is flexible. And to, yeah. to have the ability to say, you know what, I've been working in this field for 20 years and I'm honestly miserable. Yeah. I still can learn something new. I still can chase my dream. I still can make it happen. Yeah. I have a, we had an amazing student. Um, she actually just graduated in May. Um, she started out in urban planning. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but she started out in urban planning and she got to the end of her sophomore year, starting her junior year, and she like people are passionately debating issues inside of urban planning, and she is like, I don't give a crap about any of these <laughs> things. And she's like, I think I did the wrong thing, right? And so when she comes into coaching, we go back to her basic skills of really being good at math, but her brothers are almost like geniuses at math. So she just thought that was not for her. And so she does, we do a lot of work and she figures out that um, going into finance or business. But think about this. She's one year left, I think, or a year and a half left when she came into the office. And to think about starting over was like, no way. But she didn't end there. She went and talked to the business department. And in the end, she graduated with both degrees. She double majored in urban planning and in business and finance. And she... um didn't have to do any more time. Now, she hustled, right? She's taken sure. 18 credit hours. A, she's a brilliant girl. But it was it's an amazing story. And her mom, she just got her first position. She's over the moon. And so it's really good. And she's not sitting in some uh, office worried about, like, which way the streets are going to go this way or that way. When, <laughs> whatever. When she doesn't care at all about <laughs> She it. doesn't care about it at all. So she, but she does care about um but the finance piece. So it's amazing. So, yeah. So that I think is the first thing to be open and flexible, but then to take inventory and do that reflective thinking is yes. kind of where we start even with coaching is saying, what are you interested in? What do you think you're good at? What do other people think you're good at? And then you can even formalize that into assessments, which, you know, that's what we work with. Yeah. Yeah. We, we offer those in the, in the office. And so it's just a really good way or like we're just sending, I'm sending out a, um, a questionnaire to a, a client's friends and family to kind of give us ideas. They know him very well. And um, he he's kind of taking the vulnerability of saying, I wanted to see what my friends and my family um, think of me and what they think the career that, that, that I would have. And um, because he owned a business for many, many years and that he kind of inherited and 
sold it, took a few years off, and now he's really trying to find out his career, his most meaningful career that he could have for the rest of his working days. So it's it's interesting. And, you know, some people have that luxury of those type of things, but some people also just need to do it while they're surviving and working and paying for their children to, you know, have lunch money or whatever. So, so we appreciate both sides of that. So if you would, we're just going to say these few things. Please think about raising your intention of expecting or wanting to find the career that fits you best, that lights you up, that is the best way that you can contribute to the world and you enjoy. Um, the second one is to think about those strengths, talents, interest and how those come together with how you can serve the world or what the world is willing to pay you for um, that piece. Um, also to find, like, look at finding your jobs. Like, do we go linear? Do we ping pong around? What's your style? What do you enjoy? And then that fourth idea of um, kind of taking the steps to get there, like actually doing those things and kind of figuring it out. So and there are a lot of people who say, why should it matter? Why should I really love my job? And then I keep coming back to, well, how do you stay motivated to get out of bed in the morning? Um, if if there is a job that regardless of what you got paid, you would jump up and get ready to go do it because you cared about it so much, isn't that worth having? Yeah. So then you're putting more joy in your own life, which then spreads out to other people. And because of that joy and passion, you are probably going to be really good at that job because having that as your fuel makes you a powerhouse in no matter what field it is. Right. I also think we want to add this idea is that there are people who don't necessarily have to have like some passion or meaning in their, in their job, but they like to do maybe physical things or whatever. And it's how they do their job or who they do their job with. That's really important to them. So, That is another way to define that, like finding the job that fits you is like, you know, maybe you, you know, break down boxes all day, right? But you enjoy the people you work with, you are making a good living, and you're paying for your family. That is great and fine. It's just what attitude or mindset do you bring to that? Do you see the accomplishment in that that you can really celebrate and be proud of? Yeah, we worked um, with a big corporate client. And it was actually a place where they um, killed and chopped up turkeys. Yep. And feeding the United States, though, in a, in a way that we don't often think of. Right. right. And the, the people, there are people there that got that. Yes. That they're like, I suck out the innards of a turkey. But <laughs> literally. Literally. Literally they did it. But I am feeding America. Um, I am working with people that I care about, that we're like a family here on this floor. You know, I am able to go home at night, bring food to my kids, and I know it's good and safe because I helped make it. Like, that blew me away. Yes. And was a slap in the face to remind me that it does not matter what it is. If you really enjoy it, yeah. it's worth it to have that job. There are definitely people who fit that mold. And and we want them to feel as proud about those jobs as you know, as we feel about ours. And so, and that those are really needed and, and 
there's a purpose and a reason for that in the world. And so to give them respect and value them as much as possible. Is your stomach growling? I think that means we need to wrap up. I think we need to wrap up because we're, Katie needs lunch, evidently. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like trying to like keep it quiet. So, so, um, so this is Christy Shell with Hope in the Heartland. And, um, and we want to thank you so much for coming. Do you want to say goodbye, Katie? Goodbye, Katie. <laughs> okay, thank you. And goodbye. We're happy to be with Victor. Thank you so much uh, for your Victor's support dope. today. And we're hoping this is like a really good, long relationship with yeah. Mr. Victor. So um, so make it a great day. Enjoy all that. And please keep hope in your heart. Thanks so much, Christy Shelf.